Korea, do you remember where you were when we won the World Cup in 2019? Um, I was at, you're going to, to love this, I was actually at a horse racing event and we were watching the game there. Oh, wow. The vibe must have been insane. It was crazy. We were at the charity mile um, for Piermont. So essentially what happens is we raise funds for a charity every year and um, we get a whole lot of celebrities together, if you want to call them that. Um, and yeah, the race was on at the same time, that the, well, just after the Rugby World Cup. It was nice that I was sitting next to Neil Andrews and watching the game with him. So I had live commentary. It was fabulous. Look at you, hey? I mean, you're organized. <laughs> <laughs> incredible, incredible. And uh, you, I mean, you also run your own digital agency as well. Yes. Yeah, so um, one of the things that's unfortunate with the media industry in South Africa, that one, the pool is really small and two, the funds that go into that pool is very small as well. So when you're working in the media industry, be it radio, television, that sort of stuff, it's always good to kind of keep your options open um, and try other avenues. So when I uh, was at Varsity, I did a degree in information science and multimedia, and I just had a knack for social and digital marketing. And I started doing it when I worked at Jacaranda FM. I started doing it for our shows. And it just started going so well that I eventually ended up doing digital strategy for the Kahiso Media brand and started thinking, why not branch off on my own, start working with other companies, smaller businesses to start building their online and digital platforms. For me, that was kind of like a real turning point because I was like, there's so many people out there, so many small businesses that need help in this area. Uh, and that's what we provide. We provide guidance to, to businesses, up and coming restaurants, um, that sort of stuff. And it must be the most, also for everyone, the most insane time to have to try and do this. I mean, we've got what, lockdown level three plus, uh, stage two load shedding, level one water restrictions. I mean, you have to remember what level and what stage you're on. But, I mean, <laughs> yeah, it, is, it, is, it is quite difficult, um, especially in the fact that a lot of businesses were kind of shoved into this area where we were kind of thinking about digital. We were kind of thinking about selling online, how to do an online store, all of those things. And Overnight, it just had to happen. Uh, one of my clients is a big bulk retailer, and they started building an online shopping platform kind of towards the middle of last year. And literally within a day and a half, they had to launch their online platform, their sales platform. And it's really tough. Uh, we got to a point where Facebook actually wanted to remove their page because they were getting so many negative reviews. And now we're at a point where everything runs absolutely smoothly um, but to get there it took us three months as i guess it does when you when you're setting up businesses when you're working in a space that is so new and so different and uh, your business is called uh, creative media is that right creative media um yeah, yeah i decided to <laughs> play on uh, my name Kriya, uh, and it's called creative media so if people are, are looking for your services if they want to connect with you how do they how do they find you I guess social Perfect. media. <laughs> social media. <laughs> um, surprisingly, my, my Facebook page is terrible at the moment. We're working on that. Just, just. Um, so creativemedia.co.za um, and creative media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We're available on all the platforms. Very, very cool. Uh, and you also quite a lover of fashion as well, aren't you? Um, well, I'm a woman. We love yeah, all well, things you know, pretty and shiny. We don't want to stereotype. I mean, you know. <laughs> 
no i am uh, i'm a i'm a let's say i'm an i appreciate the arts and fashion is one of the things that falls into that art category for me and um working with a lot of designers and especially south african designers we've got a very very cool thing coming up towards the end of uh, the month on the 28th of july um hospice vits normally hosts a fashion show every year called night with the stars where they raise funds um for all their um organizations or their areas that they're involved with. Now obviously this year we can't actually do a full on fashion show because we can't have anybody together. So we're doing one online. Um and essentially you'll see on the 28th of July a whole lot of people dressing up in their favorite South African designers, not only showcasing the designers but also um allowing people to donate to Hospice Vits and the great work that they do. And create anything specific, specific in fashion that uh, you know that you can't resist. Is it is it the shoes? Is it the dresses? Is it the accessories? Is there anything specific that you kind of get excited mm, about? I think it's gotta be the shoes. Uh, it always is, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, it's got to definitely be the shoes. I'm definitely a shoe girl, that I can say for sure. Just taking a look at the the time now, I mean, we were talking about um, Nelson Mandela Day, and uh, I mean, I think it's quite uh, quite cool that we've, you know, that we've still got things happening, even though, you know, the 67 minutes outside uh, for Mandela is, is very difficult right now. But uh, in a few minutes, we're going to be uh, joined uh, by Shimza. We're all familiar with him, very well-known musician, and I think he's probably skyrocketed over the last couple of weeks and months uh, in terms of his uh, exposure in the industry and also just well-known. And he's going to be doing something quite fascinating uh, with, with MTV Bass. He's actually going to be doing a, a live set from Robben Island, which I think is quite... Uh, you know, quite symbolic, I guess, and also something quite different in terms of uh, marking uh, Mandela Day. Are you doing anything interesting, uh, Kree, on, on, on uh, Mandela Day? So I work with a lot of uh, animal shelters in and around the Pretoria area. So we're obviously raising funds for um, animals in need at the moment, and I'm looking at adopting a little fuzzy as well. So I'm hoping by Mandela Day I will have my little fuzzy and I can celebrate with him or her. And what does this little fuzzy look like? Are we talking about a rabbit, a, a dog, a cat? Oh, no, 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 uh, a dog, a dog. A dog, okay. <laughs> so Any particular one? We've already got two. Uh, we've oh, wow. got a rescue dog that we've had uh, for a year already. Um, and it's honestly it's such a rewarding process, not only for the person that's adopting the dog, but for the dog as well. It gets a loving home. It gets a warm blanket. It gets everything that it needs. So if you can and you can open up your heart to a little fuzz, then I would definitely suggest you do so. Have you always been sort of big into animals? Actually, well, it, it goes way back. Uh, at one stage, I wanted to be a vet and uh, used to volunteer at the Pretoria Zoo, the National Botanic or National Zoological Gardens wow. of South Africa. So I did that for about four years because I thought it would look great on my Onestapuit vet application. And then I found the magic of radio. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I've always been into animals, always been uh, working with animals. And uh, we actually started uh, a charity a couple of years ago where we combined music and animals. It was called um, Bark in the King. Park. No, oh, okay. <laughs> no. Oh, right. Bark in the Park. Bark um, in the Park. I where like you that. can, yeah, where you can bring your dogs to a park that we had in Pretoria, or still have in Pretoria. Uh, gourmet food, not only for you, but for the fuzzies as well. 
and um, live music from artists like Rubber Duck, uh, the guys from Howie Combrink played. Uh, we've had a number of really, Rowan Ash, a really big artists that have come and played. And the whole point of the afternoon is that everything's at a decibel level that is perfect for the dogs. And you can have a treat and so can your fuzzies. But I mean, don't dogs have like the supersonic hearing where you, you've got like these whistles that you can't hear? So was it sort of like Yeah, so we, we, we get in uh, a vet and we get in uh, a proper sound crew that actually does does it so that it's not super loud. It's not um, high pitch. We even pick our artists that it's not, you know, high pitch kind of sounds. It's very mellow, folkish kind of vibes. Sure, it sounds, it sounds like you've been involved in a lot of things. And I must be honest, <laughs> the, uh, the, the, the Pretoria Zoo, if you haven't been, and I suppose now going anywhere is a bit tricky, but if you haven't been to the Pretoria Zoo, it is such a great sort of day visit if you haven't done it. And it's quite different to the Johannesburg Zoo because the Johannesburg you know, Zoo's got its own vibe, but the Pretoria Zoo's got a very special vibe. I think what's what's really nice about the zoo is, especially in Pretoria, is that it's got such an eclectic mix of animals. Um, so you're seeing koala bears, you're seeing seals, you're seeing tigers. Um, but being the National Zoological Gardens of South Africa, they really place a very big importance on how the animals are cared for and the enclosures that you're, they're in. So it's not like you're finding them in a tiny little cage, you know, next to a, a pathway. They really have lots of space to roam and it's more about studying the behavioral patterns of the animals than it is actually, you know, a, a tourist attraction, if you want to say that. And and it's so awesome because, you you know, you can go there, you can have a picnic, you can have like a little bit of a drive around, they've got golf carts and it's just, yeah, it's just like a, 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 like a, a day out uh, with the family or just, you know, with the, your significant other or strange neighbor and you can, <laughs> you can just go around and have a look at all the animals and it's just really nicely laid out and, and just so different to the Joburg one. So, and if you want to do something a bit different, I think they still do night tours. So you can go through the zoo sure. at night, especially Ooh. with your strange neighbour. Wow, <laughs> sounds exciting. Well, we were just chatting about we were just chatting about Shimza doing something for for Nelson Mandela Day. I see he's, he's on the line now, so let's let's go to him. Uh, Shimza. Good uh, good day to you. How are you, my brother? Hey, buddy, I'm great, man, and I'm so interested to hear about what you're doing for Mandela Day. You're going to be on Robin Island. Yeah, we we going to be on Robin Island. Obviously, playing it on MTV Base. Uh, it's just a um, part of my one man show that I do every year. And we're trying to raise money to buy like um, food parcels for like homes in the Western Cape. Man. Well, Shims, I mean, you you uh, you're, you're doing this uh, as you say for a good cause. Uh, you've yeah. got your own foundation. I think you're also teaming up with with Sia Khaleesi's foundation as well. Sure, sure. I mean, it's a it's a natural thing, man. Sports and music should at some point work together, you know. And for us to be doing this um, with 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 what he does through his sports stuff um, and giving back to his community, and what I do with my with my one man shows, which are more music driven, we just decided to come together and do something together. And this is something that I think uh, makes a lot of sense due to the to the times that we are in right now. Well, Shimza, let's let's go into this. I mean, where on Robin Island are you going to be based? I mean, where is this all going to be happening? This is going to be in the Lime Quarry, where the prisoners were taken as punishment if they did something wrong, where they'd have to like, I don't think it's mining. You you like pick rocks and just put them on one side, where 
they they were not using the rocks for anything so it was just a, a useless thing that they used for them to, to to punish them you know so for me it was like we we need to we we wanted to choose a historic place that has a rich history for south africa and for for me man doing it on mandela day and him spending so much time on the island um our history and make sure that we don't really forget what happened yeah, I mean, I, I think if I remember correctly, when I went on the tour, they mentioned that that was kind of the the place that Nelson Mandela also started uh, struggling with his eyesight because I think the lime quarry powder, you know, when you beat these rocks and, and they get dusty, it used to go into the prisoner's eyes. And I think that's where he started uh, developing a bit of an, uh, an eyesight issue. But the logistics around getting your rig and your setup, and I mean, I'm sure it's going to be dramatically lit up. It's probably going to look unbelievable on, on television. I mean, that must be quite a story, especially during... COVID-19? I mean, we, we, we've we had to, to sort of make sure that we, we cover everything up, you know, especially from the side of, of getting the approval first to do this thing there because it has never been done before. And obviously because people are so, um, I can say very... I don't. I don't even know which word to use, man. Like they, they're very picky and finicky about how we portray our history. And I think for us as young people in South Africa, it, it, we need to use our influence to educate other people about our history in a way that makes sense to them, you know. And that's why we chose music. But the logistics of getting things there and stuff, it's, it's a nightmare, man. You know, because the. Um, the boat can only carry a certain amount of of uh, weight, you know. And but we we will do it, man. We will do it. And Shimza, as an artist, I mean, I know what it's like uh, from a uh, an experience perspective as a participant in festivals, in concerts. It's not the same when things are streamed online. I mean, how how are you dealing with having to now perform to essentially silence? I think for for, for us as entertainers, man, and doing what you love, you sort of work with whatever situation that you are given you know like if they if they say come to a gig and the the gig is empty you still perform you know and you you do it to the best of your ability so for me with with all this uh, online stuff that we're doing and tv stuff that you're doing i still treat it with the same respect and the same approach as if i'm playing for thousands of people in front of me and honestly speaking we might be even reaching more people that we were not reaching when we were open. So Shimza, how are you raising funds now uh, through this gig? How do people get the money to you? How does that all work? We have set up a, a Howla link where people can literally uh, just click on the link and it will take you to a down to a to a donate now um, icon. You just click there and then you enter your details and you can donate from ten rand from 10 rands to 100,000. No, know? we want the 100,000s. So Let's not do the 10 yeah, rands. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, as much as we do want the 100,000, but we know that even a 10 rand will make a difference. Absolutely. Go a long way, you know? uh, but let's push people to actually uh, engage and, and give what you can. I mean, I'm doing this from my own pocket as well as Sia Golisi, and we're trying to see if we can, we can make a difference, you know? Well, Shimza, we'll put the uh, link to that uh, interface or that website uh, in the show notes so people don't have to go Googling and looking for it. Uh, are you quite excited about this project? I'm very excited, man, because it's, it's, a, it's a historic event during a historic time at a historic venue. Oh, what more can you say, Shams? I mean, that's fantastic. Well, listen, good luck with yeah. it. We'll be watching and uh, great to have you on. And I hope we get to chat to you again in the near future. 
thank you so much, brother. Anytime you want to speak to me, I'm just a call away. There you have it, DJ Shimza. He's going to be uh, live from uh, Robben Island. Uh, Kriya, have you been attending any sort of uh, live events or, uh, online? Um, so one of uh, one of the things that we like to do here is, is play people like DJ Jazzy D does a, a live online show. Some of the Jacaranda guys do it. I know Good Luck has been doing it. So on the weekends, we definitely like a good live show in the background. But it's not quite the same, is it? It's not, but you can make a little party for yourself at home. <laughs> well, considering you're so well stocked with uh, with all your drinks, and <laughs> don't tell people the secret. Alex will come find me oh, for my booze. Oh gosh, the home homeowners association will be knocking on your door. Hey? <laughs> Korea, what what is the the rest of your lockdown looking like? I mean, how are you coping with uh, not being able to do what you normally do? Well, I've, I've been doing a lot of cooking, which is, is really helping me uh, through this time. I've tried out a whole lot of new recipes and some of those things that, you know, you haven't really gotten the chance to get around to. And Alex, since you love uh, Indian food, my biryani is top notch. And today I will be making a mutton biryani. Well, that doesn't help. <laughs> are you are you on Uber Eats? Are you available on Uber Eats? Well, how are we going to do this now? What am I going to vicariously live through Instagram your your mutton biryani? <laughs> well, 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 yeah, we can try and Uber Eats you some. <laughs> well, it sounds amazing. I mean, let me tell you, uh, nothing beats a homemade anything Indian. I mean, even if it's non bread, I mean, I'll take it. You know, what I mean, at one point, I even thought maybe I should try and make my own. Um, uh, tandoor oven in the garden and I saw some, this really cool of like DIY sort of, you know, you take sort of clay pots and you cut them open. I mean, there's a very cool video on YouTube if you're ever interested in doing this uh, where someone actually made his own uh, tandoor. Tund- tund- oh. No, that's a little intense, Alex. No, it's, it's higher grade. I mean, this is, you know, advanced Indian cooking by any stretch of the imagination. Well, if you'd like a very, very easy recipe, I can give you a three ingredient non recipe. A three ingredient non recipe? I'm in. You, you okay, so you need yogurt, you need self-raising flour, and you need a little bit of salt. Mix it all together, roll it out into a circle, and put it on a dry pan, and you're good to go. Okay, you're going to have to send me the quantities, and we'll put it in the, in the show <laughs> notes as well. If anyone wants to make Kriya's naan, three ingredients naan, and I guess this isn't way less approved either. Um, well, I guess you could do like fat-free yogurt if you really <laughs> wanted to. <laughs> Yeah, and then the self-raising flour has nothing to do with it. Yes, or the butter that you put on the naan afterwards, also nothing to do with it. Look, you know what? Don't even touch Indian food if you're looking to to lose any kind of weight. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's it's and it's just so amazing. Even the vegetarian stuff is just unbelievable. If you start going into the vegetable curries, mm-hmm. um, the, the 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 lentil, I mean, the paneer. Oh my gosh! <laughs> hey. I think it's you're going to have Indian for lunch, right? I think that's what it is. I mean, that's it. I mean, after the show, I might as well just look on, go, just jump onto to Mr. Delivery Uber Eats and try and see if I can track down some authentic. Uh, well, you're in Santon. Curry and all is definitely the place to. Is go. that the place to go? Okay. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll I'll give that a try. I think they also do some some really interesting South African stuff as well. They do also do a bunny chow, I think, as well. Yep, they do. Their their food's actually really good. They used to be at that engine garage that was on Catherine Street, and I think they've now moved. But definitely, my favorite 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 indian food in santon well chatting about food and and all things good uh we're going to jump into the line with uh, taryn Corlett, who's the head of the eat out restaurant relief fund taryn the restaurant industry's uh, darkest hours i think uh, in 2020 yes absolutely um firstly thanks for having us on your show and um yeah we're seeing 
we're seeing huge challenges that are arising for the, the restaurant in- industry right now. They're really struggling. Well, let me just put it into context uh, for listeners. And I think as how our uh, conversation came about, I actually was on your Instagram page uh, this week and quickly jumped onto your Instagram stories. And it's a frightening reality check of what the industry is going through. And I'm literally just going to go through them as the Instagram stories pop up. Uh, Moomoo Herd, uh, one of the restaurants, I think it's down in, in the Cape? Yes, yes. Yeah, 136 jobs, 572 mouths to feed, dropped by Suntum and no help from government. Uh, Barcraft Cocktails, 20 jobs. Uh, Steenberg Farm, 99 jobs. Uh, let's have a look here. Uh, welcome to Upper Deck Restaurant, 66 jobs, 14 jobs. Uh, Seabreeze Fish and Shell, 29 jobs lost. Uh, Villa 47 on Brie, 70 plus jobs lost. Uh, let's have a look here. There's another one. Uh, Chenier Reaction, 80 jobs. This is Pete. Uh, I know he's one of the uh, well-known chefs. 34 jobs. Le Coin Francais Restaurant, 14 jobs and 34 jobs respectively across two properties. I mean, it just goes on like this. I mean, it's unbelievable, actually. Completely. I I mean, so where this campaign arose from was the Chef's Warehouse group. And Dave from Chef's Warehouse, Maison, he actually initiated it with the whole idea of being around hashtag jobs save lives. I think this is something that everybody needs to think about. You know, this, you know, we all love dining out and we all love enjoying good food and everything, but this industry has been knocked. It's been, it's been completely bowled over. And um, our restaurant industry pretty much employs over a million people in South Africa. And right now they are facing job losses. They are facing having to close their doors permanently. I mean, it's scary. It's frightening, you know, and I think um, many of us don't know just how badly they're, they are impacted right now. They've got to, follow a, a curfew now and which means actually pretty much means that they can serve food between five and seven o'clock at night you know just to ensure that restaurants are being closed clean for the next day that staff are able to get home before the nine o'clock curfew it's scary and um on top of that you know they've got high rental costs which many of them weren't able to pay during lockdown because they weren't they weren't operating they weren't able to serve food and there's just the, the list goes on i think this this campaign has been quite inspiring just to really paint the picture of the reality that they face with right now. It's, as you've said, a total double whammy. Um, no alcohol, I mean, even opening up with all these restrictions. And I've had so many friends who've really made attempts at going to restaurants and it's so challenging. You can't have a glass of wine. Now you've said the curfew obviously makes it much harder to, you know, you kind of have to go almost for a late lunch, you know, not really or an early dinner. And... It's also so challenging in terms of having to deal with uh, what essentially is the lifeblood of a restaurant, isn't it? It's the vibe, it's the energy, it's the bumping into people that you've seen. It's that that's kind of what you're going for. I mean, apart from the food that in in so often I've said to people, you know, if I can't make it, uh, if I can't make it at home, that's the kind of restaurant I want to go to. You know, where it's almost like a dish that is almost uh, irreplaceable. You couldn't even cook it better at home. So that's kind of what you're going for. Now it's almost like a bit of a clinical experience. No, absolutely. And I mean, you've just nailed the head on on the word experience. That's exactly what patrons and guests of restaurants want. You know, they want a full experience. And that includes being able to have a delicious glass of wine or a beer with your meal. And now they're not able to do that. And yes, they weren't able to do that during lockdown either. But we've got the Rasa Association that's been lobbying government to try and have this rectified so that they can 
they can sell liquor to their patrons. And that's now obviously taken a back step since the, the most recent announcement on Sunday. And, you know, I think the impact on the restaurant industry is that 70% of their, their profits are made from selling alcohol. So if they can't do that, can they actually afford to open? Is, is that going to be enough? And, and the answer is no. For, for those kind of restaurants, it's not enough. Their food, selling food simply won't do the trick and it won't allow them to pay their staff and their wages and all the other costs. We probably might see some of the larger chain restaurants somehow battle through this. You know, they, they might reduce the amount of restaurants that they have open. I mean, we see the, the ocean baskets, the spur groups, all of that. But, you know, we really want to focus on the independence. It's those unique little eateries that make us want to go to Cape Town or make us want to go to certain parts of Joburg because there's only one of them and it's unique and it's different. And I mean, they're taking the biggest knock in all of this. And you, as, a, as the leading, uh, I suppose, guide in terms of going out and eating, uh, you guys must be face to face with a lot of your clients, a lot of your you know, restaurants that you've profiled. Just give us a taste of what some of those independents are dealing with right now. I think at, at the moment, we're seeing a lot of these restaurants um, having to make the decision to close for good. And it's devastating. It's it, we're receiving calls on a daily basis from restaurants that are either having to temporarily close, you know, until until lockdown. Those that are, that can actually afford to do that, and the rest of them are closing their doors, and that's disastrous. It's it's so devastating and so sad because that's their livelihoods, you know. That's that's their dreams. It's everything they've worked towards, and their staff's dreams, you know. Um, they it's not just the owners, you know. It's it's all the staff that are involved in the restaurants and and their families, and it's it's just it's having such a knock on effect, and and we're we're feeling helpless, you know. Like what can we do? And I think that's sort of where we stood with working with this industry for over 20 years, you know, reviewing them and, and working in such a positive um, light with restaurants, we decided now was the time to actually do something to make an impact. And, and that's why we started the, the Eat Out Restaurant Relief Fund so that we could assist these restaurants during this time. And, and in that, well, we've actually decided that it's restaurants that are opening community kitchens, you know, so that they can feed the, the communities in need and, and it's been absolutely phenomenal to see what these guys are doing and just the, the the big hearts that they have at the moment and just giving up their own time and lives and sometimes money too, you know, putting into these projects so that, you know, they're not even looking after themselves. They're looking after other people, which is just, I, well, I personally find it beautiful. Yeah. Well, t take us through the mechanics of the fund. How does it work? How do you bring in your money? How does it get distributed? Great. So, well, the fund started uh, on the 24th of April, and um, that's when we launched the official fund, which is a fundraising initiative by New Media, which is under the Eat Out brand. And it's essentially for any restaurant who has reopened their kitchen to create meals for the needy, for all the communities in need, um, or just to supply feeding schemes um, during the COVID-19 pandemic. So, what, what we ask of restaurants is um, those who are able to open up their kitchens to produce these meals is to go online at help.eatout.co.za and to apply for funding. The challenge we're having now is, is over since, since the 24th of April, we have managed to um, offer relief to 52 restaurants over South Africa. We've raised over 1.5 million rand and all that money has been spent. It has all gone to restaurants. So 
we are trying our best at the moment to raise more funds because the need is there and we've got applicants coming from all over South Africa um, from small to large to you name it it's it's everyone and and we really are just seeing um, just how desperate everybody really is so We've got a couple of campaigns um, lined up at the moment um, to hopefully generate a couple more hundred thousand rand. We're aiming to to raise another million in the next month, which we're hoping to do. Um, and we've got various ways that we can that we can um, ask the public, you know, and corporates and trusts and foundations to support this fund because because not only are you helping restaurants, you know, you're helping communities in need and and that's what we like about this it's a full circle approach you know that we we're utilizing empty kitchens or or part in part empty kitchens to produce meals for the for the hungry and Taryn, it, it, one of the things that seems to be coming through quite uh, strongly with, I mean coming back to your Instagram stories posts of all the different restaurants is that there's been little to no support from government and also very little support from uh, a lot of the insurance companies as well Yes, yeah, we, we are finding that. We're seeing that with a lot of cases. Um, many of them also not getting their UIF payments. And yeah, there, there has been little support. Um, some, some have been successful, but I would say the majority haven't. And, and that's also where RASA and um, the Restaurant Collective, another group that um, has also been formed and spearheaded by Grace Harding from the Ocean Basket Group, you know, they're all there to lobby and to, to work with the restaurant industry to ensure that these these regulations are changed or or made better or to get insurance companies on board um it's yeah i think from from eat out's perspective you know we we can't really say too much on that but um but we can we can speak on behalf of restaurants and and what they're faced with well taron listen thank you so much for making the time uh, to be with us uh, and to share maybe a little bit of hope and uh, also a little bit of context as to what we're dealing with that's uh, taron Collett, head of the eat out restaurant relief fund Thank you. And I, I think I just I just wanted to quickly say that there are so many ways to get involved. You know, we've got Mandela Day coming up and we we have got a campaign where you, all you need to do, do is donate 67 Rand. That's it. And if we get a thousand people on board donating 67, 67 Rand, that's 67,000 Rand that we can put in towards the restaurants and in that they are feeding the communities. So it's something you can do where you don't even have to leave your own home. Um, you can do it in the safety of your own home, donate towards a good cause and, and know that you're making a huge impact on the communities. And, you know, if, you, if you're wanting to visit restaurants, you know, please do that. If you feel safe, go visit restaurants. You know, they can't wait to welcome you in. It's, it's literally a dream come true when they see patrons coming in, even if it's two people, they are, they are absolutely ecstatic about it. And order it in. If you're not sure what to make for dinner, order from restaurants. Many of them added a delivery service, making it possible for you to eat at your favorite restaurants or make meals at home. Um, and if you can't get delivery, then collect it. You know, some people aren't able to offer a delivery service. So please support your local restaurants and go pick up your meals. There's nothing stopping us from hopping in our car and doing that. And if you would like to make a donation to the Eat Out Restaurant Relief Fund, visit help eatout.co.za we've got zapper snapscan eft peach payment options there you name it it's all there and and we would love the support so that we can continue supporting this industry brilliant taryn thank you so much thank you
So yeah, so there you have it. Uh, restaurants in need. Uh, Kriya, have you been supporting any uh, of your local favorite restaurants, favorite uh, eating places? As much as physically possible, whether it's a drive-by pickup or what do they call it, a curbside pickup or uh, an Uber Eats delivery, we really are trying. Because like I said, a lot of the people in Pretoria, Pretoria is also a very, very big town in a very small town. Um, so you end up knowing a lot of people, you end up uh, building relationships with a lot of people. And at the end of the day, you want we want our little slice of Pretoria heaven to survive this. And any favorite places that, you, that you've been supporting? Anyone that you can recommend for those of us who, who haven't been to Pretoria or who might be going to Pretoria? Pretoria's got this beautiful area um, in the Old East called Hazelwood, the village. Um, and it's got about, let's say, 10-odd restaurants in it. Um, so it's places like Culture Club, Alfie's, um, there's Lexi's Eatery has actually just opened up there. And it's really, really, really good food. And the own, they're all owner-run. The owners are in the shops. You can literally walk in and Alfie will make you his pizza at Alfie's. Um, so definitely, if you want to try something in Pretoria, try the Hazelwood Village. I'm just busy making notes here. I must make a plan to, to check that. Also, well, I can give you specific items on the menu. If oh, you really is that want how, is this how intense it is? Okay. Well, I mean, are they, are they on Uber Eats as well? All of them are on Uber Eats. Um, okay. And if they're not on Uber Eats, they will deliver to your house. Well, what more do you want? I mean, there's no excuse, I guess, to to support your local eatery. You know, it's it's interesting you mention uh, or that we're talking about this because I took a walk across uh, Santon to the Nelson Mandela Square. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and this was six o'clock last week during the week. I mean, you know, and... All the restaurants are closed. I mean, on the square. I mean, Hard Rock Cafe wasn't open. Trump's so uh, no. It, it, you know what? I think it suddenly hit home quite hard when I when I saw this. Uh, Papa's on the square is open. They've got a massive sign that they've printed to say that we are open. And uh, actually, Nonna's uh, Nonna's is a little bit more inside. It's sort of above Tasha's sort of uh, in Nelson Mandela Square. They uh, they actually did something very sweet uh, this past week where they've actually set up sort of a a pop up restaurant type social distanced uh, tables and chairs on the square. So you can actually still support Nonna's and they've got uh, you know their tables and everything set up outside and you're spread out and then they, you can order from the restaurant and they deliver. But I went to the butcher shop and you know they've got a little deli next to it and they've got probably the best biltong. I mean, if you're into biltong, I, I just absolutely <laughs> love going there and, and buying biltong. And it was so quiet. It was so, so quiet. And I chatted to the guys at the counter and they were saying, look, they've been open for two weeks, but it's been, I mean, you know, very, very steady trade. It's been very quiet. And uh, then I saw that uh, Bukhara is closed. Mm -hmm. uh, Bukhara at, uh, at the Michelangelo there just around the corner is, is not there anymore. And... This it's really sad to no. think that that this this uh, well COVID and a lot of the regulations put in by government. I, I totally understand the government's point of view and I understand why we're doing it. But at the end of the day, it's really sad to think that there's going to be a number of your favorite restaurants will not survive this, and it's a it's an unfortunate reality. And I think also with the Nelson Mandela Square restaurant specifically, I think what also just fascinated me there was that I think a lot of their business was also coming from international travelers. Yeah. I mean, if you went to the butcher shop, and I've been there for a lot of, sort of business dinners and business lunches, it was a very much a business audience from guests from West Africa and East Africa and overseas. And it was a popular kind of place for people who were visiting Santon, who were here on business or maybe just a bit of leisure to to go to the butcher shop and, and, and a lot of the restaurants around the square and kind of uh, treat themselves to probably some of the best steaks, some of the best meals, you know, that we can get. And you're suddenly seeing that 
entire audience not there anymore. So as South Africans or as as people who are locals, there's only so many restaurants I guess you can support and you can't fill that gap. I think it's also a reality that we need to to see is that a lot of people can't afford to go to restaurants anymore either. So it's a full circle that's just not benefiting anyone. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, Kriya, we've got an unboxing again this week. And uh, if you, yeah, do you like unboxings? I love them. I'm a woman. I love unboxing everything. Oh, well, we've got an unboxing on our YouTube channel again. And this week, it's the Fitbit Versa Fitness Watch. Um, I actually have one. I have the second version, though. Oh, really? And are you enjoying it? I absolutely love it. Um, and one of the things that's my favorite part of it, especially now during COVID times, is it's got a tap to pay function. So oh, you wow. can actually load your credit card onto the app or any your debit card as well. Um, and instead of taking your wallet with, you can just tap your watch and there you go. You're good to go. And you have an iPhone or do you have a, an Android phone? I have an iPhone, but you can. it works on both. So that's the nice thing about getting a, a Fitbit. It can work for both uh, Android as well as iOS. Well, that's something you didn't get on our unboxing on, on YouTube. So for, Look at you. Well, there you go, Kriya. <laughs> well, for everything else, you can go onto, uh, onto the YouTube channel. We'll put the uh, link in the show notes. And also don't forget, we've got a competition running for a Thule Subterra Power Shuttle Plus uh, bag. And if you don't know what that is, Kriya, that's the, uh, the little – it's actually – it's a nice size bag that can fit like your headphones. When you, when you travel, you know, you put your headphones in there, like your your proper like Beats-sized headphones, and you can put your cell phone cables in there and your uh, memory chip and uh, all your little accessories, and it fits in nicely into this little zip-up bag with little pouches and things, and you put that into your into your backpack, so when you travel again, you've got all those things together. You're not sort of looking for stuff at the bottom of your bag, trying to find a you know an adapter or a plug or a whatever. And uh, one lucky subscriber will walk away with one of these uh, Subterra Power uh, Shuttle Pluses from, from Thule when we hit 100 likes on that video. So if you go onto the unboxing, you'll see the Thule video. And uh, when we've got 100 likes on there, we're going to give one of our subscribers, uh, we're going to send it to them just like that. Uh, it's about 899 Rand if you go to the shop. So you can save yourself 899 Rand if you make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel, give it a like and uh, cross your fingers, hope for the best. Very, very nice. Well, Kriya, I can't believe it. This, uh, this show has flown by like none, none other. <laughs> That's what happens when you have a co-host. Oh, it's amazing. Well, get you, sick. <laughs> you, need to come on, you need to come on again. I mean, I, don't know, I know you've got a busy woman with a busy schedule, but I think you need to, to, to make a plan to, to come on to, onto this podcast again. I definitely think I can uh, clear some time for you. Oh, you're such a star. Thank you. And, <laughs> and make sure you bring some biryani as well. Maybe we'll do this in person. Done. <laughs> Brilliant, man. Well, listen, thank you so much for, for being part of this. Uh, and thank you so much for you to, uh, for listening. Uh, once again, if you want to get in touch, you can email editor at santantimes.ca.za. Connect uh, on Santon Times on the social media and uh, visit the blog santantimes.ca.za. Don't forget to subscribe, share, and leave a review and rating to this uh, podcast on Apple, Spotify, Anchor SoundCloud, and uh, any anywhere else where you get good uh, podcasts. Thank you to all my guests for today. We had uh, quite a packed show, another double serving of the Santon Times. Into another week of lockdown, load shedding, and all things uh, (laughs) apocalyptic. Stay safe and stay warm for now.